The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hello, friends, and welcome to The Great America Show. I'm Lou Dobbs, and thrilled to have you with us. The Marxist dim assault on President Trump goes on. The president back in New York City to give a deposition in the Marxist Attorney General Letitia James lawsuit against him, his family, and his businesses, alleging they schemed to give false records to lenders and others over a 10-year period. The Attorney General wants... Now think about this, no victims, no one lost any money. But the Attorney General wants $250 million and a ban on Trump ever doing business again in the state of New York. And the Marxist left war on Trump goes on. But there are rays of hope for the Republicans. Not everything is going the Marxist way. In a real setback for the Marxists, the Free Beacon reports the Democratic National Committee firing its most successful and scandal-plagued election lawyer, Mark Elias. The Beacon saying Elias was behind the infamous Steele dossier that falsely accused Donald Trump and his campaign of colluding with Russia. He was also behind most of the 2020 election maneuvers that led to the dim victories. Most recently, Elias was on the losing side of big cases, the DNC and Elias separating over what they call strategic disagreements. And a big story developing in the Republican Party. Gateway Pundit reporting Senate Republicans are expecting Majority Leader Mitch McConnell to retire after a nasty fall hospitalized him with a concussion and broken rib last month. The pundit says the Rhino Johns, that is John Cornyn, John Barrasso, and John Thune, are all already campaigning, in a dignified way of course, for the job. Meanwhile, there are American citizens still prisoners of war in the Washington, D.C. Gulag. January 6 defendants ensnared by the Marxist Dems who have unfairly prosecuted them, some of whom have been held by the Marxist Dems for two years without a trial. Our guest today is Attorney Joe McBride. He represents some of those political prisoners of the Marxist Dem DOJ and the Biden regime. Joe, it's great to have you back with us, and if you will, give us your view of the situation now and why the Marxist Dems insist on making their wrongs even worse and destroying the lives of our fellow citizens. So, I mean, the state of democracy is, is, is questionable. I mean, do we even live in a democracy? Or, you know, people like to use the word like theocracy when it's ran by religion, but this is like a... I don't know what the word is, but it's what is government when government and the tech industry and the banking industry all get together and have their own ocracy of some kind of form. Um, all I know is that there are people weighing into United States government politics, policies, um, policing and uh, in the upper echelons of the White House who are not American, who have no business weighing in and, and what Americans do. And uh, we need to route those people out like the cancerous infection they are before uh, our great country perishes. 
How how pervasive do you think those quote unquote those people are? And, and let's take it piece by piece. Uh, first, in the federal government, uh, and then move to some other divisions within the government. So within the federal government, I mean, you have a lot of people who've been bought and paid for, and they've been there for a long time. I mean, you have your Nancy Pelosi's and Joe Biden's of the world, your Mitch McConnell's of the world. I mean, obviously, uh, these people are not loyal to the American citizenry. They're loyal to international interests, and you can just judge them based on their anti-American voting record and their bank accounts and who fills their coffers uh, for elections and so on and so forth with funding. Uh, the problem is, is that, you know, you have uh, lots of people who, instead of aspiring to be somebody in, in Congress uh, because they want to uh, speak out, be different, be notoriety, be, be, have notoriety for being controversial or for speaking truth to power or taking an anti-establishment position or pro-American position, they aspire to um, get rich and, uh, you know, after the model of, of, of Pelosi and McConnell, and I think that that infection is, is, is widespread to the point where it has begun to metastasize. But I do think that there is hope. I, I, I really do. But in terms of the infection, the level of, of infection, it's, it's pretty damn bad. It is pretty damn bad. Uh, and and if I may say, Joe, to me, at least, it looks like it's getting worse and a lot worse. And the more it seems we try to bring this to the attention of the American public, the more we bring forward uh, about the realities of our government, its corruption, uh, is seemingly people are only more daunted. They are more fearful. When you were saying you know, about theocracy. What is this? I, I would say there, it's a fearocracy. Uh, it is also when you talk about the oligarchs that are in various sectors within our economy and our society, we're talking about oligarchs. If we were talking about Russia, we would be definitively calling them oligarchs. But in this country, we talk about billionaires as if, you know, they are, with all of their awesome political and economic power, something to be uh, almost uh, idealized and uh, adored by the public. Uh, there was a time when you cheered success, but the, when success is added up in the tens of billions of dollars, that seems like something like excess to me. And I'm a capitalist and I'm a conservative, but that certainly seems a little excessive. Your thoughts? Uh, I, I agree with you uh, 100%. It is an oligarchy. Um, they do. Joe Biden is the head of a crime family. There is no question about it. And, you know, in terms of the term theocracy, I like it a lot. And the reason why I like it is because. Organized crime, be it Russian organized crime, the Italian mafia, the Japanese Yakuza, whatever it is, they're old world sort of uh, institutions that come over and they thrive in the United States for a time. But what do they need in order to thrive? They need an immigrant population, a population that's uneducated, a population that's new here, a population that some people don't have their papers, so they're free to go to law enforcement. So they fall prey to these, uh, to these vipers, to these vultures, to these crime bosses, 
And, you know, that happens for a generation or two until people assimilate and they go out into the country and they become Americanized uh, and, and that old world stuff sort of goes away with it. The mafia obviously lost its strength with the depreciation of the immigrant Italian immigrant population in New York and in other cities, along with what Rudy Giuliani did. But organized crime needs a immigrant population to survive. And the reason why they survive is through fear and intimidation. And that is exactly what's happening right now. The American public has been dumbed down. People don't know anything outside of what's on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter on their phone. And they are in fear of what Joe Biden and his uh, his Department of Justice could do to them if they speak out. And because of that, this guy and his cronies are running this country the same way uh, some corrupt uh, oligarch from God knows where would run his countries. They're warlords. They're hell-bent on destruction. They do not care about the American public. They, are not, they do not care about uh, America as, as an exceptional institution, and they're destroying us. But once that fear goes away, once people realize, hey, you know what? You're not so tough. I really don't need to listen to you. So long as I'm doing something right, my freedom says that I can tell you to go screw yourself, and there's nothing you, you, you can do about it. They're going to have a backlash like they never dreamt possible. I think probably a lot of the people who've been incarcerated uh, in, in January 6th thought, screw you. Uh, I'm an American citizen. We're here to protest, to demonstrate, to show our loyalty to, to the nation, to its values, and to President Trump. Uh, and as a result, uh, they were descended upon by agents of the federal uh, bureaucracy, whether they be the Department of Justice, the FBI, uh, whether it be uh, the Capitol Police, uh, the Metropolitan Police. Uh, and there was a design behind it in the minds of many. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, there, there, there definitely was a, a design on it. The, the design is exactly what the FBI said it was. They wanted shock and awe. They wanted to, and what does that terminology come from? That terminology comes from the, the global war on terrorism, right? They wanted to uh, send shock and awe through the pro-Trump, uh, white Christian uh, leaning uh, community of people to say that your voice is no longer wanted here. If you step up, if you stand up in any way, we, we're not going to give you a ticket for protesting like everybody else. We're going to stick you in the gulag. We're going to throw away the key. We are sending a message to you um, and your members of your community that if you stand up against us and dare speak out, that this will be the consequences. But um, as uh, we learned from our uh, abominable withdrawal from Afghanistan, that model doesn't work. All you do is radicalize people. All you do is, is get generations of people to never forget what you've done to their fathers and grandfathers and aunts and uncles. And you have a, a, a generational problem until you simply give up. And I do think that's what's going to happen here. I think that history and that families will teach their children about what Joe Biden's government did to the American citizen uh, and be, you know, starting in 2020 into 2021, and that people will never forget it. This will be a story that's passed on for hundreds of years, should this great country survive. And uh, this will be the kind of thing that makes sure it never happens again. You know, you put in a, a condition there uh, that is important. Should this country survive? And implicit in your 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 condition was the question whether or not it is indeed capable of surviving 
whether with all of the division, with all of the uh, the alienation within our society, with the lack of purpose and the uh, un the lack of understanding about who we are and what our destiny was to be, would can we survive? We have proximate uh, threats to our survival uh, every day, whether it's the communist Chinese, whether it is uh, Vladimir Putin and his mad war in Ukraine, uh, or the the apathy of the uh, the populace when they're looking at their southern border and see 2,000 miles of border, but no fence, uh, no wall, and no one to stop the entry of people whom in this country great harm. Uh, it, it's, it, it's, it is an open question. Will we survive? And I don't think most conservatives, most Republicans, uh, most independents understand the degree and the proximity of the threat, the clear and present danger. I, I agree with you. Uh, most people are, are ignorant uh, as to what's going on because we live in this culture of, of self-worship where people just care about themselves. They care about what they look like. They care about what they're wearing and this and that. And they're not really paying attention to what's going on globally. I think that, uh, you know, I've, I said this, I've uh, been on the record with you uh, on your podcast a few times now that America needs uh, to turn back to God. And uh, its founding documents, look, the, the Constitution of the United States and its Bill of Rights is, is an important, uh, inspired set of documents. And, you know, uh, within it, you, you, you find certain things. And one of the things that you find is the First Amendment. And the First Amendment um, enshrines the unfettered power of the spoken word, amongst other things. And Jesus Christ is called the word of God. And why do I bring that up? Because words have power. And when people speak truth to power and people will stand up in the free marketplace of ideas, whether it's at home, whether it's in your synagogue or your church or your or, or your uh, educational institution or on Twitter, wherever it is, if you will speak the truth, the truth has this ripple effect that when it goes out, it makes people angry. It makes people mad, but it does something to people. It shakes them up nonetheless. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to stamp out the free American citizen his ability or her ability to stand up and speak truth in any way, shape, or form in any one of a number of different places. The more people speak up, the bigger of a problem they're going to have. But what we have is a uh, a pandemic of silence and fear in this country. And the only vaccine for it is the turning back to God and having the courage to say something, to speak the truth, and not care about the consequences. Embrace God, embrace faith, uh, embrace one another uh, as uh, great citizens of this country. Uh, but then, but then I know how much power is arrayed against truth, and arrayed against those who speak truth. Uh, it, it is a difficult time, and I think of each citizen in this country with varying, you know, levels of. Uh, of uh, income, uh, their, their dependency uh, in some ways, in some places on government, federal government, state governments. Maybe they're working as a teacher. Maybe they're working for government. Maybe they're in law enforcement, public employee unions, the disparate numbers of people when one way and another are dependent upon govern, government. And it goes to your your first question when you when you talked about what do you call these uh, these organizations of power? Uh, we talk about the oligarchs, but there are other forms too. 
Uh, there are labor unions. Uh, there are governments, state, local, and federal. Uh, there are teachers and teachers unions. Uh, we look across our society right now, and we are designed for conflict. Yeah, we are designed for conflict. Um, but sometimes conflict is 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 necessary. You know, you can we can have conflict of ideas. We can have conflict of uh, a diversity of opinion. Um, but um, what we can't afford to do is let the wrong side win. And if if it's going to be conflict, then 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 so be it. It doesn't, you know, people conflict. You call it the civil war. You're doing this. You're doing that. No, listen, it's a question of what does it mean to be an American? To be an American inherent in, in, in our DNA is conflict, right? And America does pretty damn good when she's speaking out and when people are speaking out and saying America is the best place in the world. And when America is not speaking out, American citizens are not doing their duty to their country and to the rest of the world, the world becomes a real ugly pace place very quickly because the world without America is a much more dark in disastrous place than a world when America and its beautiful citizens lead the way. So if they want conflict, if they want to have dialogue, if they want to have arguments, if they want to deal with the truth, then so be it. Because the truth in God and justice is on our side. It cannot be suppressed. It cannot be killed. It is eternal. It goes on forever. It's just a matter of time before it breaks through. This is a storm. These clouds are overhead. It looks really bad right now. But at some point, the storm is going to pass. Truth and justice will take over again. And guys like you and me and the good women around us got to be counted amongst the people who stood up and did the right thing in the middle of the storm, no matter what. We know there were 44,000 uh, hours of video. We know that uh, there were 41,000 given to Speaker McCarthy. We know that those uh, that video was uh, they gave uh, Tucker Carlson and his team access. I believe there have only been two days in which, maybe three, uh, in which Tucker actually had video from that uh from that 41,000 hours. I don't know if that's correct, but it seems like it. Uh, your thoughts and what in the world is it going to take to get all of this out in front of the American people? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great question. The, at the root of the question, the root of the problem is why was it suppressed in the first place? They suppressed it because mm -hmm. the narrative that they were proffering to the public um, was a false narrative. The people who were in power lied to the American people. These people have brought in countless veterans who were at January 6th, excuse me, and they have told these veterans, judges have said this, prosecutors have said this, you name it, they have said it. You, sir, have broken your oath to this country. You, sir, participated in a, an attack on democracy. You, sir, this, you, sir, that. All that crap could not be farther from the, further from the truth. But I tell you what, those people who are in those courtrooms, be them an unjust judge or an unjust prosecutor or an unjust and lying, pathological lying member of Congress that put this poison out into the public, those people have broken their oaths. Those people must be held criminally accountable. Those people should never, ever be let off the hook. And Who are those people? Who I, are those people? Look, I can't, I can't, when it comes to judges, I can't name any of them because I'll get, I'll get, I'll, I'll, they'll disarm me. But 
in terms of members of Congress, forget it. You yes. got you got Liz Cheney, Adam Kingsinger, Adam Schiff, uh, everybody that that was that was on that January sixth committee um, is 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 a criminal. We have gone through um, the material. We're still going through lots of the material. Um, we know unequivocally that they did that they were uh, made aware of information very early on in these cases that uh cut against their narrative uh not everybody that went there was a bad person the vast majority of people who went there 99 percent of them were good people who got caught up in a bad day but they they made it seem like it was something that was completely not and they took evidence and they manipulated it and they gave it to the public in a way that was very 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 deceiving that is terrible and the information that's going to come out the information that's coming out now um is is going to destroy that narrative mike but my question is this they knew that it was only a matter of time before the truth came out and they did it anyway they did it anyway and i asked a friend of mine a few a few years back uh, when this first started and i said to him i said you know you've been involved in this for a long time we know they're lying. All of this is going to catch up with them. When they when it, when it catches up with them, they're going to go to jail. I, that you you can't do this. It's illegal. You know what is the end game here? And he looked at me and he said, "Joe, they're going for broke. They're going for broke. They have no intention of ever going back to the way it was. They are going for broke. They are looking to get rid of life in America the way that we know it and, and start an, an entirely different thing. And I'm one of the few people in life who believed him at that point. But now when I look at the situation now, I see they're trying to collapse the banks, the ESG, the digital currency, the this, the that. You see it all coming together. And it's like, whoa, man, if we don't pump the brakes, if people don't stand up now, it's not just the video. It's the free citizen has to stand up, has to say something, has to get out there and has to vote, has to do whatever it is that's within your power to resist this. Because if we don't do it, it is we, how, how much time do we have between now and the next election? Whatever they're going to do, they're going to try to finish the job between now and then. I have no, no yeah. doubt in my mind saying that. We were with some friends this, this weekend. And one of our friends was talking about uh, a question that he had heard from someone, which was, and they were very concerned. And they were saying to him, you know, we're very concerned that we won't see this, the centennial, that the country may not survive to 2076. And my wife and I both looked at each other and said, you know, we said almost simultaneously, we're worried about getting to 2024. If the country can survive that long, we have a chance of making it to 2076. But everyone should be focused on 2024, because this is a a political party, in my judgment, Joe, the Democrat, uh, Mar the Marxist party, uh, is intent upon the destruction of America. There is no place you can turn where you cannot see their insinuation uh, uh, into uh, every every part of our, our federal government. They control agency after agency, department after department. The courts are owned by the Marxist Dems, the activists, Sorry radical judges, uh, the, the prosecutors, particularly the DOJ, but we see them also from the Soros-bred district attorneys across the country. This has, has nothing to do with justice. It has everything to do with persecution and nullification 
of our Constitution and our laws. Am I wrong? No, you are right. You you are right. And um, they are the biggest damn hypocrites in the world as well, because they are filthy rich. They have maximized on the capitalistic system uh, to 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 make profit um, at any way, shape and form, be it here and or abroad. Then they had put up every block in order for the working man or woman to have upward, meaningful upward mobility to enter the class of upperclassmen in, in, in this in this country. They're suppressing everybody. And then they're convincing the poorest of the poor and everybody else from the middle class down that somehow socialized everything um, is in their bench, best interest when they have socialized nothing, the best of everything. And what this is, it's old-fashioned old school communism you are a member of the party and you are protected and you have absolute power and if you're not a member of the party then you're on a bread line and anything goes you could disappear in the middle of the night nobody thought that this could ever happen here but it has happened here and the reason why it has happened is because this nation as a whole be it in school in the justice system in government or in the private sector or in most homes people have removed god and they have put the false idol of government in place of God. And when man is sitting in the throne room where God should be, you're going to get man's results. And if we don't stop, if we don't change, it's going to be uh, a lot worse before it gets any better. So how do we change? How do we stop it? How do we reverse it? Well, the the, the, the way that, that we reverse it is that uh, Men and women have to prioritize, number one, the family unit again. The family unit has to mean something. And then what does it mean to be the father, the head of a household? What does it mean to be the wife and, and, and the mother? What does it mean uh, to, to run your family the way that, that, that your faith and that your set of morals uh, says that, 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 that is right? Your, your compass, but your Christian, Judaism, Islam, whatever it is, your compass, not this compass of secularism which says anything goes and boys can be girls and left can be right and up can be down and this can be that i mean it's absolute madness when you look at what they're doing they're really undoing everything and the way back is to going back to what works and going back to what works is by living a life that is prescribed for us to the best of our ability the way that god himself intended it for us people think that's a whole lot of nonsense but it's what worked forever and historically anytime any country whether it was france Germany, England, whoever got away from that stuff, their empires collapsed. And we are on the path to do that in, in record time. It can be done, but the nation needs to repent. Our leaders need to repent. We don't need to be altar boys. We don't need to be perfect. We need to say, hey, God, we messed up. We got it wrong. We suck. We can't do it right without you. We apologize. We're all guilty on some level. Please forgive us. Please show us the way forward. And we go back. But if we don't do that, I mean, the the descent and the depth of, of danger into into where we're going, uh, I mean, it, it's 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 it no it knows no bounds. I mean, Hitler's and Stalin's and Mao Zedong's and Pol Pot's happen in this world all the time. And, and, and people don't learn from history. I don't get it. I wonder what it would take for us to get ready for war, because. Xi Jinping makes it clear he's getting ready for war. Russia is at war. The Ayatollahs have been at war 
uh, in a very different way uh, for decades. We are a, a country that is basically begging to die. It's uh, it's unfortunately true. And, you know, when, when Joe Biden and his family have uh, longstanding business dealings in Ukraine and in China, uh, as we're learning more and more now every day, um, Xi Jinping isn't Joe Biden's enemy. They're buddies. They give this 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 false thing to the world to say, oh, China, this and that. They're, they're friends. They're, 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 they're both crooks. They're, they're both gangsters. There's nothing more than Joe Biden would like than for the American populace to be weakened to the point where he no longer has to has to worry about him and, 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 and whatever's going to happen is going to happen. He doesn't give a crap about you. He doesn't give a crap about me. He doesn't give a crap about anybody. He cares about his family. He cares about his cronies. He cares about his international buddies and the international crime syndicate. Yeah. And that is it. And that is why they don't want Donald Trump back in office, because they know if Trump gets back, it's back to America 101. It's back to the basics. It's back to what works. And it's back to declaring who is our enemy and who is our friend. He is, if he's nothing else, Mr. Trump, Donald Trump, President Trump is the epitome of let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. He's going to tell you just like it is every time. Like it, love it or hate it. You know what you're going to get when you're dealing with him. Well, it seems like almost every person in New York uh, hates him. There are three court trials uh, underway, court cases underway right now. The charges are absolutely ridiculous. Even if you accept all the allegations as true, he did nothing wrong. Uh, people pay rich guys and rich gals, pay people to go away all the time, just the way it is. Um, he's been cleared uh, uh, in, in various different courts and in various different circumstances of any wrongdoing already. They're picking it up and they're weaponizing it against him the same way that they're doing stuff to January Sixers. They're conjuring up laws post facto to get him to drag him through the process. Um, regarding the actual process itself, he's going to, if he goes to court and gets tried on this, he's going to win. There's just no question about it. He's going to wipe the floor with him because if he, he goes to court, Joe, are you, I, I'm, I've just got to say this. There is no way in hell that many Americans could tolerate the idea of any president ever being taken to court by left-wing thugs uh, and, uh, charging their political opponent with what everyone knows are spurious and in, insipid charges that were dismissed four years ago uh, by the prosecutor. How could we even contemplate such a thing in this? If we contemplate that, why would we bother with anything else? You know, they want us to take the bait. They want us to get violent. They want whoa, us whoa, to whoa, do... Whoa. I'm not talking about getting violent. I'm talking about how in the world, if we have only two choices, violence and acceptance, how do we respond strategically, tactically, uh, as citizens who are now fully aggrieved. And by the way, we are the majority in this country. Let me say that again. We are not uh, at the short end of that election in 2020. Uh, that is clear to, I believe, everyone.
Sure, we know we are the majority, and uh, when you when you just look at the Second Amendment community, in the United States alone, it's the biggest standing army in the face of the earth. If you were to 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 add up all all, all of the legal gun owners in this country, look, we are a powerful powerful populace in many ways. But I think right now, how we unify, how we hit back, is that everybody who has the inclination to protest, anybody who has the inclination to do all these things, go into your communities and get involved in the election process right now ballot harvesting is legal it's not illegal that's how they beat us they beat us with ballot harvesting right use what they did to us on steroids beat them get our people back into office beat them in the way that they never saw coming that they never thought that we were capable of change the laws and then put these people in jail if we are to allow these thugs in new york they are Marxist Dems to carry this out in the name of quote unquote justice. Uh, the ignorance is insufferable. You know, Lou, I drove people off the off the rails on Twitter the other day because I likened what is happening to President Trump to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Not to say that Trump is Christ, but it is to say as a Catholic, as a practicing Christian, I look for the face the suffering face of Christ in everyone. It's part of my theology. And when I see a man who is standing up for a forgotten group of people, for a group of people who are being targeted, a group of people who are being abused for their political beliefs because of a specific and identifying characteristic about them, be it their faith or the color of their, a color of their skin, and he is standing up for them, and the government wants to kill him because of it. Well, Joe, if I may say, from your lips to God's ears, uh, we need so much from the American people now, and we do need, as you said, great faith uh, to get through what are going to be uh, our, our hours, days, and weeks of tribulations. Uh, this is a disgrace on the nation. Uh, it is a slur on everything this nation stands for, uh, and all I can say is, God help America. I, you know, my gut... Um... I, I, I feel I have I have the certain sense that you have, I, I think, as well in my gut. It, it bothers me for a long time. But I do believe that the United States um, is, is protected, that it's different, that it's 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 special. It's special to God in, in, in numerous ways. And I I just want your listeners and I want people to understand that one man, one woman can make a difference. Your words have power. But when one and two of you gather and you pray and you live your life, you give things up, you fast, you say, I'm not going to watch the TV today, I'm going to put down this piece of food, I'm not going to drink that. You say, God, we're doing this for you, there's only a handful. Look, God only looked for 10 righteous men to spare Sodom and Gomorrah, and he couldn't fill, he, he couldn't find it then, and Sodom and Gomorrah got blown off the map. But there's more than, way more than 10 righteous people in the United States of America. There are millions of us. We need to weaponize that power in prayer and by speaking out in the free marketplace of ideas. And if we do that, it will make a difference but people need to speak up people are still scared and until they speak up none of this is going to stop joe mcbride great american and great thoughts we appreciate it and thank you for sharing them with us uh joe always good to talk with you uh thanks for being with us uh your final thoughts 
Lou, I'm just uh, I'm, I'm grateful for the work that you're doing, and I share your concern about this country. Uh, Donald J. Trump is January 6th or number one. Lots of people have said he hasn't done this. He hasn't done that. He has done plenty. He has spoken out. He has given money. He has prayed. He has welcomed people into his home at Mar-a-Lago. I have been there, family members and other concerned people in the community. But he is also the primary target of this investigation. And that is is uh, no look no further than what they're continuing to do to him right now. So if you have had questions about Donald Trump, about his help with January 6ers, has he done this? Has he done that? Yes, I'm telling you, he has done that. And for God's sakes, have mercy on the man. Look at what he's going through. Pray for him. Pray for the country. And may God bless this country. And may he save this country. Speak up, pray, and don't give up. Great words of wisdom and promise. Joe McBride, thank you. God bless you. God bless you, Lou. Joe McBride, thanks for all you're doing for these political prisoners. Thanks, Joe. Joe's at Twitter at McBride Law NYC. His website is McBrideLawNYC.com. And here Monday will be our guest, Mike Davis, attorney, founder of the Title III Project. Please join us. Until then, Have a great weekend. Thanks for being with us, everybody. God bless you.